bringing you the truth behind the news. Welcome to The New American. Welcome, everyone. We're glad you can join us. I'm Paul Dragoo. Democrat leaders are angry at the federal government for not helping them with their migrant problems. It turns out they still believe the government is here to help. Also, a new study from the UK says that human breathing is bad for the environment. And the FBI watch list has grown to 2 million people. But nobody knows what criteria the secretive organization uses. We have those stories coming up, plus a conversation with former CEO of the John Birch Society, Art Thompson. But first, you probably won't be surprised to find out that China is funding some of the suicidal green initiatives here in the U.S. According to an exclusive Fox News report, a nonprofit with operations in Beijing has wired millions of dollars to fund climate initiatives and environmental groups here in the United States. Financial filings obtained by Fox show that the nonprofit Energy Foundation operates mostly out of China, and it has a staff with extensive ties to the Chinese Communist Party. Last year, the group wired $900,000 to the Rocky Mountain Institute, a Colorado-based think tank that advocates phasing down fossil fuel use and has engaged the White House on climate policy. Energy Foundation also funded a study in 2022 about the supposed dangers of natural gas-powered stovetops. American cities have recently banned gas stoves for new developments. The Energy Foundation also sent nearly a half a million dollars to Washington, D.C.-based International Council on Clean Transportation, which advocates for the elimination of gas-powered cars and the widespread adoption of EVs, as well as policies that would eliminate fossil fuels from the entire transportation sector. Energy Foundation has also sent grants one to the University of Maryland and another to the Jackson Hole Center for Global Affairs worth a total of $450,000 for projects to phase out coal power. $375,000 from the Energy Foundation went to the Natural Resources Defense Council, a litigation group that has filed dozens of legal challenges pushing far-left green measures, has also used its legal clout to oppose domestic fossil fuel drilling, coal plants, the Keystone XL oil pipeline, and critical mineral mining projects. The litigation organization has denied receiving any money from the Chinese. And the Energy Foundation contributed a $350,000 grant to Harvard University to build a clean energy future. Meanwhile, nobody pollutes more than China. It's the world's largest carbon emitter. It cranks out more greenhouse gases than the entire developed world combined. And while they fund destructive green policies here, the communist state is building coal-fired plants faster than it takes to charge up a Chevy Bolt. But China is also a main producer of all things green. It produces 75% of all lithium-ion batteries, a main component of EVs worldwide. It processes and refines more than 50% of lithium, cobalt, and graphite, necessary minerals for EV batteries and other green energy technologies. And China's share in all the production stages of solar panel manufacturing is more than 80%. China further produces a staggering 95% of all global polysilicon, ingot, and wafer supplies necessary for solar products. TNA senior editor Alex Newman recently asked Alaska Senator Lisa Murkowski at the COP28 climate conference what sense it makes to impoverish our nation over an agenda that is being canceled out by China. Here's what she said. 
Senator, uh, the Communist Chinese are building coal-fired power plants faster than anybody can even count them. Their CO2 footprint is going up by massive amounts. How is all this stuff by the United States going to make any dent, on, assuming the, the greenhouse gas theory is correct, how is it going to make any dent with the Chinese doing what they're doing? Everybody needs to be a participant in the broader... But the CCP solution. is not. You've, you've pointed out what, what we know to be correct, that in fact they are continuing to build coal-powered uh, facilities at a considerable rate, just as they are working to build out their renewable, but it doesn't offset their, what they're, what they're, they're doing with coal. they're selling that to us to get the subsidies. And so, so again, when you're here at COP, and I haven't met with any of the Chinese, um, but the Chinese need to be part of this discussion. And I think the Chinese need to be challenged on, on what they are doing and how they are doing it um, and brought into, again, the overall, the overall solutions. We, we want to see the Chinese make, make stronger commitments. But will the U.S. government keep doing this even if the Chinese don't? I mean, is that keep not going to... Uh, decarbonizing, slashing energy, causing prices to go up? I, mean, I think the United States will do what they believe is, is clearly in, in the United States' economic and security best interests. Joining me to discuss today's stories is editor-in-chief of the New American Magazine, Gary Benoit, and research manager for the John Burr Society, Christian Gomez. Welcome, gentlemen. Thank you. Do you believe, Lisa Murkowski, that the United States will do what's it's in its best interest? Because it sure doesn't seem like that. Well, history says otherwise because we have not been operating regarding national policy in the best interest of the United States. Yeah, uh, the best way to challenge China, as Senator Murkowski said, is, is simply to not play this little environmental game anymore, especially with China. Just cut all this crap that we're doing in terms of sustainable development, stop all of that. And then as for the Chinese factories that are building all this stuff, let it go bankrupt or, or let them find new buyers in other countries to, yeah. to go along with this nonsense. Because um, like you were pointing out in your introductory segment there, uh, we're being told that we're the bad guy when it comes to the environment, yet China's the one selling all the solutions. How convenient. Who does this benefit? Does it, does it benefit the United States? Yeah. No. Does it benefit the environment? Mm. No. Does it benefit China's, uh, the CCP's treasury? Yes. Absolutely, ding, yes. Ding, ding, So that, there's the real answer. Look, you got to give it to them. They're doing what's in their best interest. Obviously, it makes sense to trick us uh, into deindustrializing. And in the meantime, they also have the answer. They have all this, this green stuff. So they win either way. But I would lay almost all of the blame on our leaders, on our complicit leaders. We know that, you know, it's, it, the evidence shows that the Bidens have had deals with the Chinese. We don't know what exactly those deals are. But we know for a fact that our leaders are, are making this happen. This wouldn't be happening if it weren't for our leaders. And it wouldn't be happening if it weren't for a complicit media, which is not media. It's not, they are not news organizations. They're propaganda ministries. So it's like as much as we like to blame, I think this just illustrates why it would be in their best interest. Why an enemy nation would. An enemy nation is helping fund something that is destructive and we're the only ones, or at least there's a segment of the American population who seems not to get it. They think this thing is real. They think that, you know, the floods and the tsunamis and whatever are going to kill us in five years or whatever, and they're going with it. Now, the question is, is people, are people like Lisa Murkowski, are they true believers or are they part of this uh, useful idiot coalition? Well, that would make her useful. Well, at the very least, she's a politician. 
This perfectly illustrates that the entire sustainability drive and movement, environmentalism, that it is a communist plot. Um, and I've said this before. It's it's the watermelon effect. It's green on the outside, but it's all juicy red on oh, the inside. Wow. That's exactly what this is. And even that Fox News article that broke the story about the CCT, it's the CCP tied uh, um, ties to the uh, to the organization Energy Foundation. The article from Fox said, for example, Energy Foundation CEO and President Xi Zhou uh, previously served as the Deputy Director General of China's National Center for Climate Change Strategy, an agency within the Chinese CCP government, National Development and Reform Commission. So we have an official member of the Chinese Communist Party that's running this NGO that's mm -hmm. trying to convince our lawmakers to uh, stop building coal and stop using coal and, and to uh, uh, follow the environmental protocols of the UN that China is not abiding by. So this is an entire CCP plot to uh, deindustrialize the United States to their military advantage. And of course, the rationale for getting rid of fossil fuels is based on a false premise. Oh, yeah. It's based on the premise that CO2 is a pollutant when actually it's the gas for life. I, I think it's also worth mentioning that during COP28 climate conference, it was discovered, I uh, was it the climate, some sort of, uh, oh yes, uh, the Cl Center for Climate Reporting discovered that the president of the climate conference who happened to be the boss of an oil company was actually using that event to make like fossil fuel deals with other nations. So um, they're not taking it seriously. Obviously, the Chinese are, are benefiting it from another way. Uh, it's, it seems like we're just the only foolish ones. We're the last ones to know this is the joke. Well, it's the case of do as I say, not as I do. Because the, the whole purpose uh, is to dismantle the West to pre uh, to uh, deindustrialize uh, the west yes to impoverish us to make mm -hmm. us weaker and then to put us on the same level as the whole world so then they can erect this new world order system we've been saying this for a long time uh the pieces keep continuing to come into view thank you gentlemen up next it's getting harder for democrats to virtue signal on the migration issue sophia paused before the door it read department of biodigital convergence just inside was a new world, a better world, the one of everlasting life, of no pain, of no loss, of no problem. She entered the chamber and her surroundings changed. She saw around her an infinite field of waving golden grain surmounted by cloudless blue sky. The AI voice whispered gently in her mind, welcome to the singularity. She couldn't see it and couldn't feel it, but her body had almost instantly been covered by a swarm of tiny gray multi-legged bots that melted through her clothes and into her skin. Not perceiving the nightmare, her eyes had already been consumed and the rest of her body was dissolving as the bots digested her flesh. She felt only a warmth suffusing her being. Drowsy, she drifted to sleep and her last thought was one of panic. Would she ever wake? Could a nightmare vision like this be an outcome of the much-hyped transhumanist technological singularity? Enter the world of the future as illuminated by the experience of the past in Endgame. The new book by Dennis Barrett, the publisher of The New American Magazine, and find out how the disastrous COVID pandemic response fits with the technocratic elite's thirst to create a transhumanist utopia. Get Endgame from shopjbs.org with free shipping with code ENDSHIP, E-N-D-S-H-I-P. Or get Endgame and the Great Reset Collector's issue of The New American Magazine and get free shipping plus an additional 20% off both with code N20, E-N-D-2-0. Hey folks, The New American has published our latest collector's edition bookazine and it's called Self-Reliance Foundation of Freedom. 
If we don't practice individual responsibility and provide for ourselves without government help, we cannot be free. This Polished Collector's Edition includes articles on a number of topics, including the self-sufficiency of the founders, preparing for a worst-case scenario, firearm self-reliance, financial self-reliance, the importance of community, and many others. We encourage you to get a copy. It'll make a great stocking stuffer. You can order copies at thenewamerican.com forward slash shop, or you can call our office at 800-727-8783, Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time. All right, let's look at our next story. So Democrats are finally coming to terms with reality as the border crisis is exposing the emptiness of their virtue signaling. New York City's Democrat mayor, Eric Adams, said that 150,000 migrants have gotten in the way of the city's recovery effort. He said this on Sunday's Picks on Politics television program. The host brought up the mayor's low approval rating of 28% among New Yorkers. That likely has to do with the city's $7 billion deficit and resulting cutbacks. Here's who he blamed. They're angry at the, just the totality of where they see this situa situation has brought us. And, you know, beginning of the year and even into the year, they thought this was Eric Adams uh, just opening our city up, not looking at the impact of what this crisis. And we had to do a real job of explaining to everyday New Yorkers that the federal government has abandoned uh, this important issue. That's a national issue. So they're angry. Also on Sunday, Adams discussed his uncertainty to ABC7 on why cities like his, along with Chicago, Houston, Denver, and others, are not seeing a response from the Biden administration. Despite this, Adams said he still fully supports Joe Biden in 2024. Another Biden supporter criticizing the corpse in chief is Arizona's Democrat governor, Katie Hobbs. Last week, Hobbs signed an executive order sending the Arizona National Guard to border communities. She fired off a press release announcing the move in which she said, yet again, the federal government is refusing to do its job to secure our border and keep our communities safe. With this executive order, I am taking action where the federal government won't. Despite continued requests for assistance, the Biden administration has refused to deliver desperately needed resources to Arizona's border. In the press release, she also referenced the fact that the U.S. Customs and Border Protection Service closed a major legal port of entry along Arizona's border earlier this month. Border Patrol temporarily suspended operations in Lukeville. Border Patrol has also announced that it's suspending operations at the International Railway Crossing Bridges in El Paso and Eagle Pass, Texas. This prompted a social media sound off by U.S. Representative Henry Cooler, a Texas Democrat who called for tougher measures at the border. His stance represents a break from the official position of the Congressional Hispanic Caucus. InfoWars' Owen Schroyer recently dropped by the border just as Border Patrol was loading up a bus of illegals. Here's part of his tirade. This is an attack on the country, folks. That's what this is. If you can't see it, you're oblivious. And we sit here and film it and take this from our government. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. But hey, don't worry. They'll get, they'll get taken care of. They'll get food. They'll get clothes. They'll get everything they need. You dirty Americans need to shut up and get out of the way. Look at this. They get protected. They get protected with guns, but the Democrats want to take guns from you. So guns to protect the illegal immigrants, but y'all aren't allowed to have guns when the Democrats ban all your assault weapons. This is just ludicrous, man. This is a clown world that I live in. What a joke. Get out of the way, you dirty Americans. This isn't your country anymore. Law enforcement, open border law enforcement here. This is what you get when incompetent clowns run your country. And you're not gonna shut me up. I'm an American citizen, I have a First Amendment right. 
It's time we start acting like Americans. All right, gentlemen, what do you think of uh, Owen's tirade there? I, I, I take issue with that last part where he considers the people who are helping coordinate some of this as incompetent. I think we all agree this isn't incompetent. No, it's a matter of policy. And I think Owen knows knows that, so I don't know why he's saying that. He's probably saying it out of anger, but but you are absolutely correct, Paul. This is all by this is all um, planned by design. Organizations like the World Economic Forum, the Council on Foreign Relations, are the ones perpetually putting up, and other uh, think tanks in, in in DC as well, are the ones perpetually putting up these policies of open borders, and and, and of course it, it's part of their agenda to have a, a one world uh, uh, system, a world without borders, mm-hmm. and they want to do that here in the U.S., destroying our borders. Meanwhile. We have to go be defending the borders of countries like Ukraine and and Israel. Yeah, it's yeah. just it's ludicrous. It, it is. is. It's it's a clown world. It's, it is a clown world. It, it's a it's a what is a a, a, a tra- tragic comedy or a, I don't know what the term is for that. But that it's a tragic comedy. Well, it's, it's insane if the purpose is to do what is best for the United States, but if the intent is to destroy the United States and bring about the new world order, yeah. Uh, then of course the policy makers are exercising. Uh, genius yeah. uh, in doing what they're doing. And uh, it's not just opening borders because in a world government, uh, uh, you would no longer have national boundaries, but it's all the destructive impacts of bringing over uh, such magnitudes of uh, illegal, illegal aliens uh, who do not uh, assimilate. In fact, uh, they're not uh, expected to assimilate. We really have a a policy of reverse assimilation. Yeah, that's and, right. Uh, and rather uh, legally or illegally, uh, but when they vote, uh, of course, that uh, erodes the the votes of uh, uh, the people who are already here, and makes it easier to manipulate the electorate to uh, destroy the uh, the constitution uh, through those votes and through who they elect. Yeah, absolutely. Gary's correct. We make very little to no effort in the part of the U.S. government to try to get these uh, illegals, or even legals, or even the ones that are here legally, yeah, yeah. to assimilate at all, because uh, you go to any government office. That's a bad word now, Christian. All of the paperwork that is that is provided, um, e- even for normal social services, they offer those, that same paperwork in multiple languages, including Spanish. Mm. So uh, you could live in this country for decades and not know a lick of the of the English language and get by filling out government forms that are provided for you yeah. in, 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 sp- in Spanish. And of course, languages. it didn't used to be that way. No, uh, the, even when you register to vote. Right. Uh, America also was challenged with past immigration waves uh, because of the huge numbers that were coming over over such a, a short period of time, but, but nothing like today. And, of course, uh, if you go back years ago, uh, the difference was because people came over here uh, with the understanding of pulling them up by the, the bootstraps. They weren't coming here because they were attracted by a mm-hmm. welfare magnet, and people did assimilate. And people did, uh, as they assimilated, contribute to uh, America and uh, contribute to the uh, uh, the American dream. Uh, yeah. We don't have that today. Well, I'm sure there. Are, I'm, I'm positive there's some people who do who are here for the American dream. I'm, oh, that, sure. There's no doubt about that. But you know, another interesting point is that you have people like Katie Hobbs and, and Eric Mayer Adams, and it seems like they're the last to know that this is intentional. They are so frustrated that this assistance they've asked for from, from the federal government who created this problem is not coming. Um, what does that say about these type of people? Are, well, are they in fact useful idiots or are they or are they not? Are they really well, in on it, well, but they're pretending? Obviously it depends on the person, but uh, I think what they're, they're saying though, Paul, is that uh, uh, we want assistance. Uh, we want the national government to help out with this, this problem. 
uh, because New York City, for example, by itself cannot take care of this uh, yeah. burden of uh, providing for all these uh, yeah. uh, illegal uh, uh, immigrants. And even New York uh, I, I don't apparently. think they're saying that uh, we need to secure the border necessarily. Mm. I, I think we should uh, commend uh, Governor Abbott of Texas and the, and the Texas legislature for getting one thing right uh, just this week. They just passed uh, legislation in Texas that, that uh, gives the power, empowers law enforcement to ar- arrest uh, illegal aliens in the state of Texas, and that could be a major deterrent Mm. It will be interesting to see the stats in a year from now to see um, if illegals are still crossing the border into Texas at the same rate that they were coming in. Are you do you do you know by any chance if that has been challenged? Because every time it probably will be challenged, but it it just was passed into law, so we'll see what happens. Because every time it seems like Texas tries to implement some sort of measure to stop this this massive flow of migrants. The federal government steps in and they tell them no. They told them to cut down the, the razor wire. They told them to take out the buoys out of the the, the river over there. So I don't, if, you know, if you're Katie Hobbs and you're Eric Adams or whatever, it's like at what point do you realize that this is intentional? Like they don't, they're not going to help you because they don't care. They're looking to destabilize uh, entire states, entire cities, of course. Uh, so I, I think that's proof positive there. Texas needs to nullify federal overreach they do and yeah not allow the government not allow the national government to tell them that they cannot police their own borders. yeah and, and like a christian has pointed out there, there's been some efforts but they need to be tougher thanks guys next up a new study reveals what the climate scam is really about in 1988 the john birch society produced a documentary so predictive it's as though they had a time machine Out of Control, Immigration Invasion was produced and hosted by investigative reporter William F. Jasper and looks at the growing problem of unrestricted illegal immigration that, in 1988, already saw upwards of 10 to 20 million illegal aliens within the borders of the U.S. Unknown agents from around the world using the southern border as easy entry. Certainly some are innocent families escaping hardship, but also certainly some are criminals, potentially terrorists, Is it not appropriate that there be some criteria for the entry of any sovereign nation? Why should the U.S. be different than Canada, Germany, Russia, Japan, or every other country on the planet? Out of control. Immigration invasion. Watch this time capsule of prescient wisdom at thenewamerican.com slash outofcontrol. For more news and in-depth analysis from the New American Magazine, the kind that you will not get anywhere else, make sure you get a subscription to our twice-monthly print edition of the magazine. No other magazine has been as accurate and for as long about where policy and culture were heading than the New American. You can get a subscription online at thenewamerican.com. Just hit the magazine tab on top and on the drop-down, hit subscribe. If you prefer, you can call for your subscription. Call 1-800-727-8783, Monday through Friday from 8 to 5 Central Time. That's 1-800-727-8783. All right, let's look at our next story here. So a study published in PLOS One Journal says that human breathing is causing climate change. Humans, it turns out, are responsible for 0.1% of UK greenhouse gas emissions. The study, which included 104 volunteers, was funded by the UK Natural Environment Research Council. Participants were asked to take in a deep breath hold it for five seconds, and exhale it into gas sampling bags. The study concluded that 25% of the methane was produced by people under 30 and 40% by those over the age of 30. The study found no correlation between diet and emissions, and despite only accounting for 0.1% of total emissions in the UK, 
They urge caution in the assumption that emissions from humans are negligible. Here is Australia's Sky News reacting to this. We've now hit peak Malthusianism. Scientists are now saying that breathing is bad for the environment, Oh, well, you know, and and I guess you could say the mask slips, so to speak, doesn't it? (laughs) Um, But look, this is what we always do. We always do that at the heart of this environmental movement is a real anti-human movement. Interestingly, Elon Musk was warning about this. He said a lot of the people Mm. who are pushing all of this stuff and the billionaires hate people. They think there's too many people. And this is where it all comes down to. You're breathing. You're the problem. They see us as the cancer on the planet and treat us accordingly. Well, guys, I don't know if we could say it any better. This is the heart of it. I, the only thing I would brag about is we've been saying it probably before them. This is clearly what this is about. And now they, they're letting you know this is going to take aim at people. I mean, once you get to the point where you say breathing is causing climate change at that point, it's not going to be a huge step to get to the point where you say we need to have less people around. I I think there's a great way to take this. Um, This is actually good news if you think about it. I think that those who are pushing this should really lead by example and they should close their mouths and cease to breathe for our benefit so then we can have a cleaner environment. So if they lead by example, it'll be wonderful. Uh, Well, I I must say this study was (laughs) so shocking, so incredible that when I first found out about it, it took my breath away. Uh, so I, I wonder if that helped uh, you know, the environment. Speaking of, we, we do not endorse anyone to stop breathing, even if you believe in this. We want everyone to be alive. We love, right. you know, we believe that God created humans and he created us to be here. At least I do. I, but, I, but it does expose the, the anti-human agenda of the radical I would say it reinforces it. I mean, we, this, you know, they cited Elon Musk. I don't know if I've ever, oh, there was that funny, uh, apparently, interaction he had with someone from Google or whatever, where they accused him of being a specious or something, you know, and like it was a bad thing. And, you know, Elon's like, yeah, you okay. got me. So we have to have equal rights or we have to be equitable with, um, I don't know, amoebas? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's uh, again, I feel like the, the theme for today's show is just how asinine and ludicrous but real these people are. They mean all of this. They need to be mocked, but more importantly, their agendas need to be crushed because this is their true intentions. All right, let's look at our final story. Forget about the naughty and nice list. Your name may be on the terrorist watch list. According to a CBS investigation, the U.S. terrorist watch list now includes two million people as nearly doubled in six years. The watch list was originally created as a tool for national security in the aftermath of 9-11, and it operates under the principle of reasonable suspicion. However, the specifics behind these suspicions are a secret. The government doesn't deny or confirm who's on it. According to the FBI, the list is used for the following purposes, visa and passport screening, international travel into the U.S., air passenger screening, immigration screening, access to U.S. military bases, FBI investigations, support for federal, state, local, tribal, and territorial law enforcement. CBS reports that, according to the Department of Homeland Security, 98% of those who've reported complaints were subjected to false positives, meaning that they were flagged because their names were similar to others in the database. In response to growing criticism over potential errors and the lack of transparency, the FBI has revised its criteria for adding names to the list as part of an effort to reduce cases of mistaken identity. While the Biden administration acknowledges the system's flaws and promises reforms, it hasn't revealed what changes it'll push. 
This leaves many wondering whether the watch list is a necessary security measure or an overreaching surveillance tool and whether the proposed reforms will address Americans' concerns of civil liberties violations. CBS created a documentary about the gradual expansion of government surveillance called The Watch List, 20 Years of Tracking Suspected Terrorists. Here's part of the teaser. 9-11 triggered a counterterrorism surveillance system like never before. Who is in charge of making sure that critical information doesn't fall through the cracks? Including a secret database to track suspected terrorists. You have no meaningful process to clear your name in something you have never done and will never do. It was meant to keep Americans safe. It's never really as simple as someone thinks it might be. The fact that we haven't had a major attack within the United States of the scale of 9-11 is not an accident. But over 20 years, it's evolved into something far bigger. This is a misuse of the power. This is a violation of the Constitution. All right, gentlemen. So two million people on there. That does seem like a lot. Um, Obviously, there's a case to be made for uh, thwarting attacks and things like that. There's no doubt that some of that is is happening. But learning what we've learned about the FBI, um, how comfortable are you or convinced are you, Gary, that they're just looking at terrorists? <laughs> well, uh, it depends on the def definition yeah. of terrorism, doesn't it? Because they're looking at the American people and they're looking at domestic uh, terrorists, including people such as traditional Catholics. Uh, such as pro-lifers, mm. uh, such as people who want to uh, hang on to their guns. And uh, when you realize the fix is in at the top and you realize what the whole purpose is, uh, you might question, well, why are there only two million people on this watch list? I mean, shouldn't uh, most of the country be on the watch list? Well, then I, I think that that may add to the point that obviously they're not watching as many, you know, whatever, Catholics and the uh, pro-lifers as perhaps because well, I mean that, give, that counts that's like half the population what <laughs> right. do you think of all this Christian uh, definitely this is uh, they're using terrorism uh, a foreign threat to go after the the American people and mm. internally um, you recall the Mayak report from the fusion centers which were listing individuals who had Constitution Party bumper stickers or Bob Barr for president a libertarian party and Ron Paul stickers the Gaxton flag, a a any kind of iconography that would be considered as being uh, patriotic, uh, mm. a Christian, yeah. or uh, nationalistic in any capacity, you're automatically put on a, on a, on a list of suspicious, uh, well, as, as, a, as a suspicious person, yeah. we put on, on the government watch list. So yeah. they, this is not about terrorism. This is about total control of the American people this is and about, having a police state. Yeah, I, I would argue, too, that they, this is about maintaining its power. There, um, the greatest threat to, to the, the deep state and the government, this, this just massive government that controls and surveils and, you know, does what it wants, are people who are conservatives. And, you know, and then they're obviously they're probably conflating that with terrorists. But we seek to reduce by legal means the size of government we seek to see uh to to gain transparency into what they're doing and we seek to reform it and obviously that is a threat to the machine to this beast that is the intelligence community and the the surveillance system and whatnot i think that's what this comes down to i can't imagine that there aren't people on that list who haven't done anything wrong but seeks to uh, decimate the size of the FBI, the TSA or you know NSA and all of them. What do you think, Gary? Well, I, I agree completely. 
Well, that's good. <laughs> I, I know we don't have a lot of time. You said it so well, Paul. I know we don't have a lot of time. I should stop saying things so well. Go on, Christian. I just want to say that we have to continue educating the American people, we, and our, our goal should be to eventually completely defund and abolish the FBI, the Department of Homeland Security, yeah. major aspects of the Department of Justice, even that are even mm-hmm. unconstitutional, and the TSA. All of these departments and apparatuses that came about as a result of 9 11 need to be abolished. Absolutely. Thank you, Christian. After this, Art Thompson joins me. Home, food, protection, daily necessities for your family. There are many that want you to depend on them for these things. Don't fall for the trap. Stay self-reliant. Get a copy of our latest collector's edition, Self-Reliance. Learn about the necessity of self-reliance for a free people and basic tips on how to get there. Never give up hope. Welcome back, folks. So I have with me the former CEO of the John Birch Society, Art Thompson. How are you, sir? Oh, I'm well, thanks. So you got to enjoy those first three segments there, and I have no idea what you're going to talk about. We didn't plan this out. So what part of um, how this organization and action play into the stories we ran this uh, earlier? Well, first of all, what we need to do uh, is spread the word. And in order to spread the word, that is done through conversation. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times we get uh, overburdened with a lot of facts and details and, and all of that. And so what we need to do is to try and figure out how can we talk to our next-door neighbor, our friends, our family, and that sort of thing about such subjects as environmentalism. Yeah, And environmentalism goes back quite a number of years, by the way. It's, it's not something new. It's something that came out of the late 1800s. And it started out with property. And, and it started out with the idea of taking back all, all of the land that the federal government didn't get to begin with. See, because the Constitution says that the federal government can only own certain pieces of property, small pieces of property, with the permission of the state legislature within that yeah. state. So how do you get back how do you get back all that property that you didn't have to begin with uh, when you formed the country out of the states? Yeah. And it was done through property and through national forests and things like that. It all started with Yellowstone. And after Yellowstone it became national forests and and not just national parks, and on and on and on and on. Until yeah. today, about 90% of the property in the United States is controlled by the federal government. Is that really? That's a, that seems like a high. I know that Nevada, I believe 80 to 90% of Nevada. Well, is that's go- outright ownership. I'm talking about control. Oh, okay. So. so they control about 90% of it. And it's basically done to uh, control the people. See, as the as the people started to become more sophisticated and more civilized and, and, and with the freedom of travel. Uh, it went from wagon train to automobiles and all that where people could go out to their garage, open up the garage door, get in their car and go, go wherever anywhere. they wanted to, yeah. whenever they wanted yeah. to. That's got to come whatever to a stop. they wanted to. We can't have that. No, of course not. So we're going to establish a, a new deal, uh, speaking of the, of the government, in order to control you uh, we're going to limit how you can travel. First of all, the first step will be electric cars. 
electric cars does atrophy the ability of the individual to travel as far and as fast as he can or even where he yeah. can. Because with a gas- How are you going to charge? You got to like, go somewhere exactly. where there's charging stations. I mean, you can't go camping with an electric car if it's too mm. far off the main drag yeah. because there's no way you can't carry a can of charge, <laughs> but you can carry a can of gas yeah. and that sort of thing. So the first thing is to curtail the ability of people to have the freedom to go anywhere they want to, whenever they want yeah, to. Yeah, that's clearly in play and right now. And that's the thing to point out about the difference between electric and gas when you're talking to somebody. What's the next step? The next step will be to even curtail the ability of to use electric cars. You need public transportation. Hmm. Well, then public transportation limits where you can go because they only have specific routes. Yeah. And when you can go because it's on a schedule. Yeah. So gradually they are curtailing the ability of people to, of their freedom of movement. Mm-hmm. And you see, in the early 20th century, we had a, a number of very sophisticated means by government to become totalitarian. Nazi Germany, fascist Italy, communist Russia, and democratic America. Because all of these things led to where they started to control what people did. And, and that was their way uh, with the environmental movement is to bring it even further under control to where they can clamp down further and further and further. Another thing that they want to do within the environmental movement is what? Curtail the population. Yeah. I mean, the, the useless breathers is not only yeah. the useless you know, you're, you're over that 40 or 30 age. You, you admit more. I, I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> but at any rate, the, the thing is that they need more sophisticated means to bring about these controls. And that's the environmental movement yeah. in a nutshell. It is diabolical at its core. It oh, is anti-human and it is anti-freedom. So what do you say now? It's like we just need to help people realize this. Is that that's, that's it, basically. To understand what we're looking at is not the danger to the, the destruction of the earth. It's the danger of the destruction of the human being. Mm-hmm. If you take a look at the plan, for instance, to rewild North America, now what does that mean? They're going to introduce species that haven't been here for 10,000 years, for instance. There's a panther that was here 10,000 years ago. The horse was here 10,000 years ago, or maybe a little longer than that. The horse was reintroduced by Europeans. Right. Now they want to reintroduce the panther. Well, what is that going to do to your ability to even have your dog out in the backyard mm. or your kids play out in the neighborhood if you got panthers running around? Well, they already have similar problems in the West with wolves, especially. There's lots of good examples. There's a there, yeah, as you probably know, there's a battle over the wolves. You know, the the greenies they want the wolves just to run around and take down the cattle and the pets and whatever. They don't care. Uh, whereas obviously the people living there, the farmers, the, the ranchers, especially, they obviously make a, a good point. It's like, well, you know, we can't have all these wolves going around. They'll decimate the cattle population. Well, the reason I bring up panthers, for instance, now they're having problems with pumas in L.A. County. No kidding. I've never yeah, yes. <laughs> This is you know, real. Yeah, you got more cats, you know, big cats coming yeah. in and eating up the pets and, yeah. and so on and so forth. Then being a danger to people out hiking. Yeah. In, in the foothills and so on and so forth. So it's all aimed at the u- human population to where they can control them more and more, get them more confined yeah. into uh, apartments, for instance, 
uh, and that sort of thing to where they can they can have total control. Over yeah, it's about eliminating everything. and then controlling those who are left. And I would imagine the ones they want to uh, that would probably be best to be eliminate would be those stubborn ones like us who don't buy into their scheme. I, I mean, your your point is is, is great, and I, I think this battle is it's been long in the process. I think there's lots of signs that people are realizing what this is, uh, and I think that's part of the reason we see a lot of the censorship. Um, is because they're threatened. I don't think you would see such blatant threat, uh, censorship if they were not threatened, that the word's going to get out, that everything is a big, giant hoax, that they're liars, that they're manipulators, uh, and they're aspiring tyrants. Uh, do you still meet people who don't know that? Yes, I do, but more and more, though, more people are waking up. And, and the guys at the top who want to rule, the megalomaniacs, mm-hmm. are afraid of information. Yeah, they're absolutely terrified because they see that they are, may suffer as a result in right, the long right. run. Right, I, I mean, Robert Welch. I listened to a, a Robert Welch being the founder of the John Birch Society. There was a speech at UCLA, sixty-two, sixty-seven, one of those, and he had said something to the effect that once people realize the truth and what's going on, because you know he he used to say, "Education is our total strategy. Truth is our only weapon." So. Once people realize what's happening, they're going to start taking the necessary steps that will eventually overcome some of these efforts. That's true as long as they're organized. It doesn't matter. The other side doesn't matter if you're not organized. You can believe anything you want yeah, to. Yeah, that's a good point. But if you're organized, that's a real problem. Which is a real them. problem for us on the right, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's hurting cats. Yes, yes. Now, I, I, going off on what you say is, this is the reason the John Birch Society creates so, so many materials. If you go to JBS, JBS.org, we have even free booklets uh, like this one, Exposing the 2030 Agenda. This is a free booklet that you can download. We have uh, other booklets. Some of them are not free, but we produce so much. And, of course, we have these shows all so we can help people uh, understand what's truly happening. Any last words, sir? Yeah. Start talking. Start <laughs> <laughs> Don't be afraid to reach out and talk to people. Yeah. I was in a, uh, how much time we got left? 20 seconds. Oh, I can't, 15. I can't tell you the story. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're going to have to, uh, definitely we're going to have to have you back. But you're right. I mean, we've all met people when we start talking to them and then we're able to change their minds. I've seen it happen. So it's not as hard as we think. Thank you. And thank you everyone for tuning in to another episode of the New American Daily. You can get more truth-finding news at thenewamerican.com. 